Hello and welcome to the Pop Tart Podcast. Today I'm going to be reading Darwin Picard Old School by Jeff Kenny, the tenth book in the Darwin Picard series. Now my voice, I have like inflammation in the back of my throat. Like my voice is terrible. So I read four pages. I had to cut it. So this is from page four to two seventeen because you know I'm not allowed to like legally, legally read the whole book because I said so. Anyways. Mom needs a hundred signatures before she can take the petition to the town hall, but she's having trouble getting people to put their names on it. I'm just hoping she gives up on the idea soon, because it's kind of exhausting for the rest of us to pretend like we don't know her. I really don't understand why mom thinks we need to go backwards. Anyways, from what I can tell, the old days weren't that much fun. If you think about it, you never see anyone those black and white photos smiling. In the old days, people are just a whole lot tougher than they are today. But humans, human beings have evolved, and now that's what. And now we need things like electric toothbrushes, shopping malls, soft serve ice cream to survive. I bet our ancestors would be pretty disappointed with the way we turned out. But one, once somebody invented air conditioning, air conditioning, there really was no turning back. We've got. We've got so spoiled that pretty soon we don't even have to leave our homes if we don't want to. In fact, though we were headed about a thousand years from now, human beings won't even have spines. Some people complain that all this technology has made us soft, but if you think about it, but if you ask me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There are all sorts of luxuries nowadays that people, pe- that make people lives pe- people's lives better. Take baby wipes, for example. People who were using using regular toilet paper for hundreds of years, and then all of a sudden, someone genius came up with the idea that it was a total game-changer. What really amazes me is it took so long for people to come up with the idea. I seriously can't believe that guy who invented the light bulb didn't see baby wipes coming. <coughs> My goodness. And who knows what crazy things someone might... Crazy things someone gonna come up and who knows what crazy things someone's gonna come up with next to make our lives easier? Whatever it is, though, it'll be the first. In, I'll be the first in line to buy it. But if Mom had her way, we'd be living like we did before computers and phones and baby wipes. And we didn't really want to imagine living in a world without baby wipes. Sunday, Dad says he when he was growing up in the summer times, kids play all day until the, they got called home for dinner at night. Well, that's pretty much the opposite of the way my summer is this year. Went this year. I spent July and August at film camp where all I did was watch movies in an air-conditioned cinema for eight hours a day. The main reason I signed up for film camp because I thought, was, I, want, I thought it was for people who are serious about movies like me. But, today, but I found out it was really just a place where parents could dump their kids off for some cheap babysitting. The downside of spending that much time in a dark cinema is that at the end of the day, it took half an hour for my eyes to readjust the sunlight. The other reason I signed up for film camp was to get out of the house. Ever since we got a pet pig, I have, it hasn't been a lot of fun being at home, especially not at dinner. For the record, I think it's a terrible idea letting the piggy at the table because it already thinks it's a human. And the last thing we need for it to think it's on equal footing with the rest of us. Right after we got the pig, Mom thought it would be fun to teach some tricks so she, so she could get the pig a cookie when it stands on its hind legs. But when the 
Pig learned to walk like that. It hasn't been on all four since. To make matters worse, my little brother Manny put a pair of his shorts on the pig. So now it looks like so now we're living in a house with a Disney character. Mom used to take the pig outside, but after it started walking upright, it decided it was too good for its leash. Mom was worried that if the pig ran off, we'd never find it, and so she got a collar with one of those GPS tracking trips in it. But every time Mom puts the collar on the pig within five minutes, it would be back off. And don't even ask me how the pig did that, since the pig doesn't even have thumbs. So now the pig just comes and goes as it pleases, and who knows what it spends its time. Time. My voice is so bad. Oh my goodness. What really stinks is that I have a curfew, but the pig doesn't. I think giving the pig too many privileges is a bad idea. One day the pig will rule the world, and it'll be my family's fault for starting it all. I wouldn't really have an issue with the pig if it didn't interfere with my life. But I was was late on the first day of school because it was hogging the bathroom. With the pig in the house, I was actually looking forward to school starting. But when I got there, I realized it was just the same old thing. And to be honest with you, I feel like I've been in middle school forever. For forever. I've been in middle school forever. I need to mix things up or I'll go... I need to mix the things up a little or I would just go crazy. So the first week of school, I volunteered to the Homework Buddy program. Be a buddy. Team up with an elementary school kid to lend a hand. Sign up for Homework Buddies today. But the main reason I signed up was so I could skip third period, which is music class with Mrs. Gran... Grazino. Gr- Mrs. Bino, there we go. To give an idea for how long Mrs. Bino has been the music teacher, Dad had her when she was my age, and apparently spending 30 years teaching middle, school, middle schoolers how to play music instruments does something to a person. Last few weeks, I met my homework buddy, this kid named Fru, not Drew, Fru. I have no idea why he signed up for the program, though, because he's one of those people who read scientific journals and college textbooks, talk College textbook text books for fun. The first time we got together, Fru showed me his homework, which was some coloring and a word search. Fru said he didn't need any help. Then he asked me to see my homework. I had a last, I had at least an hour of math problems in a geography assignment that would take me another two hours. But Fru whipped it all through, whipped through all of it in about fifteen minutes. He wasn't just fast; he was good. I turned into. I turned in the assignment the next day, and when I got it back from my teachers, I had perfect scores. At first, I felt a little bad for getting help from a third grader, but I realized the homework buddy is supposed to help each other out. So whenever me and Fru get together, I just hand him a pile of assignments and I let him do his thing. The way I see it, it's working out for everyone. My only complaint about Fru is sometimes he's too helpful. He's been getting bored with my homework, so he starts making up assignments to challenge himself. The other day, he wrote a paper attached to my regular homework for extra credit, but luckily I checked over it before hunting in. Detecting communicative... Detecting communicative permeability in physics by Greg Heffley. For a while, I was being glad to be getting some homework help, because... But recently, I've been thinking that since I'm the only one who discovered Fru, I deserve some kind of credit if he goes on to do big things. Wednesday. As if our house wasn't crowded enough, Grandpa's living with us. They raised the the rent at Leisure Towers, and now we can't afford to live there anymore. So Mom invited Grandpa to move in with our family. Dad wasn't too hot on the idea, even though Grandpa's his own father. But Mom says it'll be just like the old days when three generations lived under the same roof. 
I think mom has a rosy image of things used to be, but I have a totally different picture of what it used to be like back then. I was actually okay with grandpa moving in until I realized what it meant for me. Mom let grandpa pick any bedroom he wanted. Of course, he chose mine. That meant I needed to find a new place to sleep. My first thought was to go to the guest room, but I forgot that's where the pig stays, and there's no way I'm sharing a sofa bed with a farm animal. I, I ruled out Roderick's room right away because he might actually be a step down from the pig. My only other choice was to, was to room with Manny, so I got out the air bed and I set it up in his floor, but sleeping with Manny in Manny's room has its own problems. Mom reads Manny a bedtime story every night, and sometimes they're really long. In fact, I think Manny's been picking the, out the thickest books he can get so he can just get on my nerves. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Things have been a little tense ever since Grandpa moved in. You can tell he doesn't really approve of the mo- approve of the way Mom and Dad are raising us kids, even though he never actually comes out and says it. Mom's been trying to potty train Manny forever, and she's experimenting with something called no pants after dinner, and that's exactly what it sounds like. I'm let that sit, and we'll take a sip of water. What's supposed to happen? It's that when Manny feels the urge to go, he'll run to the bathroom. But Manny just prances around all night, nothing below the, ra- the waist. And eventually he ducks behind the recliner in the family room. Pshhh. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Dad's a huge fan of no pants after dinner, but I can tell he's even more uncomfortable with Grandpa being there to witness it. It's pretty obvious Grandpa around is really stressing out Dad. And every time one of us kids screws up, it makes Dad even more tense. What seems to annoy Dad the most is when one of us kids asks Mom to do something that should be that we should be able to do ourselves. Yesterday, I asked Mom to open a microwave burrito because it, I always have trouble with those plastic packaging, plastic packages. But Dad jumped all over my case. He said if I was stranded in a desert with thousands of microwave burritos, I'd starve to death because I couldn't figure out how to open them on my own. I told that. Uh, oh my god, my throat. Oh. I told Dad that the chances of me getting stranded on desert with island, with thousands of microwave burritos, are pretty slim. But he said I was missing the point. He said if I don't learn how to do things by myself, I'm not gonna be able to survive in the real world. I think Dad hates is how Mom still helps me get ready for school in the morning. She picks up my clothes the night before, and then she has a chart hanging in the kitchen to help stay on track. Soap, breakfast, teeth, teeth, shower, hair, underwear, socks, trousers, shirt, shoes. I guess Dad was pretty embarrassed by the charts, because the other day he took it down. But without the thing to guide me through the morning, I got the order of things all wrong and ended up wearing my socks over my shoes. These days I think Dad's just waiting for me to screw up this morning. This morning I forgot to put the cap back on the t- the tube of toothpaste and today was ready to pound and dad was ready to pound not today dad uh, I didn't think it was a big deal but dad gave me this long speech how little things have big consequences he said if I was a kid growing up in the front frontier times it was my job to tighten the bolts on the wagon but I forgot to then the wheels could fall off and my family would get eaten by wolves I thought dad was being kind of dramatic but it did make me feel a little bit guilty about, about the Toothpaste cap. I'm not doing much been getting on Dad's nerves, though. Lately, Roderick's been getting under Dad's skin, too. 
Whenever Roderick needs petrol for his van, he asks Mom for the money, but a few nights ago he made a mistake of doing it in front of Grandpa. Dad says from now on, Roderick has to pay for his own petrol, and when Roderick asked how he's supposed to do that, Dad said it was time for him to get his job. So Mom helped Roderick go through the help-wanted section of the newspapers to find him a job that doesn't require any skills or experience. They finally found an ad for a restaurant that was about 15 minutes from our house. Wanted, seeking motivational individuals to join the team at Old Timey Ice Old Timey Ice Cream Parlor, Old Timey Tobias. I went to the Old Timey Ice Cream Parlor for Rowley's last birthday party, and the experience had me permanently ruined ice cream for me. They had this dessert on the menu called the Fiend Trout, which is 40 scoops of ice cream in one long train. And when you mix different flavors of ice cream together, it just turns into a gray slop. The old time ice cream parlor is one of those places where the staff comes to your table to sing your birthday. That makes me really uncomfortable because it's pretty obvious we'd rather be doing anything. They'd be doing anything else. It's your birthday, and we're happy to say we hope your day is daddy in an old-fashioned way. I know my singing is quality. This squeaky chair. Only thir- thirty-two pages in all oh my. My throat is pounding. Roderick has an interview at the restaurant earlier in the week. Believe it or not, he's getting a job. Saturday was his first night of work, and Mom thought it'd be a good idea for us, for the rest of us, to visit Roderick and Sherman. But when we got to the restaurant, we couldn't find him anywhere. Mom was pretty worried, but pretty worried, but eventually found him out back. Mom wasn't happy that Roderick was on trash duty, but he gave the manager, and she gave the manager a piece of her mind. But the manager said Roderick was an entry level employee, and everyone who works at the restaurant has to pay their dues. I'm pretty sure Roderick was hoping we all just leave him alone after that, but Mom wanted to stick around, and when Roderick went about on his 15 minute break, we hung with him in the employees' lounge. Roderick spent the rest of his night, rest of the night taking the trash from the kitchen out to the dumpster, and I guess Mom wanted to see one more time before we left. So we told the waiter it's Manny's birthday, and the waiter called the whole staff to our table. But I wish Mom didn't do that because there's something about the smell of garbage juice that really ruins your appetite. And if you're feeling hungry, no, you're at the perfect place. Now just blow out the candle so you can stuff your face. Monday. Lately, Mom has been trying to get Grandpa to tell her kids what life was like when he was growing up. Grandpa says when he was young, they didn't have television or anything like that, so kids spend most of their time outdoors playing like games like Kick the Can. Grooms are always talking about playing Kick the Can. Once, me and Roderick actually... Rowley. Me and Rowley gave it a try to see what the big deal was, but quite... But we were... But we quit... After about 30 seconds, want to go inside and play Twisted Wizard? Yeah. Dad says he was kind was a kid. Dad said when he was a kid and his best friend Giles would just go out, use their imaginations to play all day in the woods. Well, me and Riley tried doing using our imaginations once, but Riley's dad put an end to it before we could even get going. Rowley Jefferson, put down the stick right this instance. Dad said today's parents are overprotective, and when he was a kid, he and Giles roamed free, and they never bothered to tell their parents where they were going. Mom said it's a lot safer safer back then in those days. Now it's too dangerous for kids to be on their own without adult supervision. Dad said that might be true, but kids are like me and Rowley have to learn how to protect ourselves. 
Dad said when we were in middle schools, he and Jazz buried stuff all over town, so if they ever got cornered, they could fight their way out. Okay, cool. But Granddad had a different version of things. He said Dad and Jazz raided the kitchen drawer for silverware, and that's what they stashed that's what they stashed all over the neighborhood. When dad <laughs> Okay. When dad's mother realized her forks and knives were missing, she made the boys dig them back up and bring them back. After Dad and Giles got their hands on some plastic utensils but they got back into an argument over whether a sport could be used for self defense and things turned ugly. Giles told his mother that what Dad did and showed her the spork marks to prove it. I guess those must have been different times because Giles' mom bent Dad over on his knees and spanked him. See, the problem with putting too much stock in the old days, you'd remember all good stuff, but if you forget about the time you got spanked, but you forget about the time you got spanked by your best friend's mom. Wednesday. I guess I thought Grandpa would live with us for a while. And then when a place that was cheaper than leisure, leisure Towers. But now I'm starting to worry that it's permanent. And that's not a good thing because I'm not sure how much longer, longer I could be Manny's roommate. For one thing, it's not dignified to share a room with a person who doesn't wear their pants after dinner. And Grandpa's almost just as bad. When he moved out of Leisure Towers, his girlfriend Darlie broke up with him. They used to be mopey around the house in bathrobes, which means I can't really have friends over. I figure the sooner Grandpa gets back in the game, the sooner he moves out, so I've been showing him Grandpa, I've been showing Grandpa how to use dating to date online to help him break out of his funk. I think I've created a monster though. Now Grandpa has a computer 24 hours a day and he's got at least 50 relationships going on simultaneously. Don't even ask how he keeps track of who's who. Bethany, Tiffany, Martha, Majora, Sliva, and Belindy. Things are starting to turn around for Roderick, too. He told Mom he's getting a promotion at work, and of course tonight we had to pile into the car and show us it. We had to go show him support. I'm not sure if he calls Roderick's position a new position, a promotion, though. They go on dressing up as an old-time Tobias, the restaurant's mascot. Apparently, the guy who had the job last got fired for being seen with his head on, and I'm guessing... When it comes to mascots, that's a huge no-no. Well, Timey Tobias is supposed to walk around the restaurant and go to table to table, making sure little kids are happy, but as far as I can tell, that's an opposite effect. In fact, kids seem to really hate old Timey Tobias. When they got in there tonight, Roderick was getting it from every side. Oh my, only 44 pages in. How many pages is there? 215. Oh boy. Roger told Mom that his manager warned him if he was ever caught with us to buy his head on, he'd be fired on the spot. Luckily, one of the eyes on the costume's head comes out, is the on- which is the only way he's able to stay hydrated. I'm starting to wonder if the guy who has the job dressing up as old-time Tobias got fired on purpose. If I had to bet on how long Roderick lasts, 
I'd give him two weeks tops. Friday. All the buzz at school's been about the big trip to hard scramble farms and that's coming up next month. When you get to my grade, the whole class goes on a week-long trip to the place where you sleep in log cabins and learn about nature and hard work. I'm sure if it's a it's a blast if you're into that sort of thing, but I've already decided I'm the the one kid who stays back while everyone else heads off to the trip. And while the rest of my classmates are sweating out in the wilderness, I'll be in the school library enjoying all comforts of the modern world. Mom's been trying to get my me to change my mind because she thinks I'll regret not going. I'll really doubt that's going to happen, though. I've heard horror stories from kids who went there hard scramble farms. I remember those letters Roderick sent home when he was there. Help, help, get me out of here. Help, help, get me out of here. Help, help, get me out of here. In fact, Roderick seemed kind of traumatized after the whole experience when he got home from the trip. He crawled into the bed and stayed there for an entire weekend. Today was the deadline for picking who you wanted to be in a room with, and at lunch everybody was scrambling to get a good cabin. I was glad I already decided I wasn't going to go because I really didn't want to deal with all that drama. I felt a little bad for Rowley because he was counting on bunking with me. When I told him I wasn't going on the trip, he went around seeing if anyone had an open an opening in their cabin. By the end of lunch period, things weren't looking too good for him. I can't really worry about Rally though, because I've got my own problems to be dealing with. Monday, Mom and Dad got a letter from the school saying they had to come in for a special parent-teacher conference. I've been worried sick all week because I thought I might have forgotten to cross off Fru's names on some of my homework assignments, and I was in trouble. But that wasn't it at all. The reason the school asked Mom and Dad to come in and tell them my homework grades have improved so much they're putting me in harder classes. Well, I'm sure Fru will appreciate having to do more challenging homework, but he won't be there to help me during tests. So unless I can figure out to w- a way to sneak him into my school, I'm never going to pass. When Mom and Dad get home from the parent-teacher conference, Mom said we need to go celebrate the good news. Of course that meant going to old-timey ice cream parlor. I was getting a little sick of spending every night at Roderick's work, and I think Grandpa was feeling the same way. He told Mom ice cream makes him... His gum hurt. He's going to stay home this time around. I tried using the same excuse, but Mom was dead set on us going. When we got to the restaurant, though, Roderick was nowhere to be found. The manager told him that Roderick never showed up for work. That meant Mom sent Mom into a panic, and then we got into the van to go to look for him. We drove all over the place. We found, finally found Roderick walking along the side of the highway. When he pulled over, Roderick... And, got in the van and explained what happened. He said there was a traffic jam on the highway and he was going to be late for work. So he got into the carpool lane where he could get go a lot faster. But for the carpool lane, you have to have at least two people in your vehicle. So Roderick made it look like old-time Tobias was sitting next to him in the passenger seat. Unfortunately, some eagle-eyed cop pulled him over. The cop wasn't amused and gave Roderick a ticket for $100 and they found all sorts of things wrong with his van, like a broken tail light and expired inspection sticker. After that, the cops had Roderick's van towed and left him stranded on the side of the road, so Roderick was a huge target for all the kids who were stuck in the traffic jam. Mom and Dad drove home so she could throw Roderick's costume in the washing machine, but when she got home, there's a st- there were cars parked up and down on both sides. There were, there were even cars parked on our lawn, which is pretty strange. We had to park the van at the bottom of the hill and we walked up the street. We finally 
when we finally got to our yard, we could hear loud music coming from the house. And when we opened to the front door, it was a raging party going on inside. We had to push through the crowd to find Grandpa, who was out back in our old hot tub. And from looking at things, he was having the time of his life. Dad kicked everybody out of the house, which took forever, and mostly no one was in a big hurry to leave. When everybody was gone, Dad laid it to Grandpa for having a party. Grandpa said he didn't plan on having a party. He tried to invite one lady from his dating site over to watch a movie, but he must have actually hit send all and everybody showed up at once. Dad was really mad, but I must have been, it must have been awkward for him to come up with a punishment for his own father. I guess I couldn't think of anything better. He put Grandpa in the timeout corner. I wish I had done a better job of clearing the party guests when he got home, though, because there were a few stranglers in Manny's room who didn't poke their heads out until they thought the coast was clear. Ever since Grandpa had a Friday, no, not Friday, Tuesday, ever since Grandpa had his party, Dad hasn't been willing to leave him alone. Since, uh, and Dad, and when Dad can't be there to watch him, he makes one of us do it. Grandpa's supposed to sit in a timeout corner for an hour a day to work off his punishment. He likes to do that in front of the television instead of the corner. So if you're on Grandpa duty, you have to watch whatever he wants to watch. Up your nose with a rubber horse. Hose. Hose. Ha ha ha. Yes. But during the school day, Grandpa is home alone. And I think Dad's nervous he's going to get up to another party. So... He went out and bought one of those webcams to make sure Dad isn't, isn't to make sure that isn't any funny business going on while he's at work. I don't know where where he puts it exactly, but I do I do know is just not using it to keep an eye on Grandpa. Get your feet off the coffee table. I'm all for technology, but not when it's used on against me. I don't like having cameras in the house because nowadays there are cameras everywhere you turn. And if you do anything to embarrass him in public public places, trust me, it's going to get recorded. But the worst thing is the camera phones, because nowadays everybody's got one. Last summer, when I was getting out of the pool, my bathing suit fell down a little and everyone saw it happen. And before I I even dried off, the pictures were posted all over the internet. Saw this at the town pool today. This kid really cracked me up. Those days you can... Even if you get in trouble for taking a picture of yourself. A few months ago, when there's, we went to brunch after church, and we left the restaurant, I my, uh, I thought I had spinach on my teeth, and there wasn't a mirror, so I borrowed mom's phone and took a picture of myself just to be sure. But some lady in front of me thought I was taking a photo of her, and she wouldn't let us leave until she looked through the pictures in mom's phone to make sure I hadn't. Now that now that I think about it. That may have been when mom started mom. What what started mom on the electronics free idea to begin with? Speaking of which, mom gets all the signatures she needs to take her petition to town to the town hall. The way she got them was intercepting party guards as they were leaving the house the other night. After mom took the petition to the town hall, the leaders had to vote and made it official. So Saturday, the whole town's going to voluntarily unplug for the weekend. Mom made it her mission to get out to get the word out as many people as possible. I'm trying to get a low keep a low profile until this thing's over. But mom hasn't made it easy. I think cutting ourselves off from the outside world's a bad idea because if there's a zombie apocalypse or something big like that, we're gonna be the last ones to know.
Friday. As a part of the electronics free weekend, everybody's supposed to come down to the town park tomorrow for a voluntary cleanup. But it's going to take a lot more than an afternoon to make a dent in that mess. These days, the park looks like something out of a movie where there's been a nuclear war. The park used to be nice, but then things went downhill. The town ran out of money, and the main reason is because they voted to build a one-way mobile phone-only path near the park. Since half the time, people with regular paths weren't watching where we were going. So when the money was supposed to go towards regular cleanup, it went to this path of people who wanted to use their electronic devices when they walked. But the project got too expensive. They had to cancel it uh, before they finished the footbridge over the creek. The park got really run down after that, and I, the family stopped coming once teenagers took over. So the people who organized this cleanup are smart. The first thing they'll do is find an exterminator that specializes in teenagers. Well, page 66 that I've been reading for half an hour. Great. I've not even made like a proper dent in this book. Saturday, I have no idea what what time I woke up this morning because the clock on Manny's dresser was unplugged. In fact, everything in the house was unplugged, which goes to show that mom was taking the electronics free thing pretty literally. The next thing I noticed was there was a lot of people out walking in the neighborhood, so I guess everyone had to decide their old time spirits. I was planning on just relaxing and reading comics book on the couch all day, but dad said I should take advantage of all the foot traffic. He said it was as he, when he was a kid and he and Giles opened a lemonade stand to earn money to buy them each a new skateboard. I said I thought lemonade sounds like a great idea. Dad surprised me by handing over $20 in seed money to help me get started. I knew I was going to need a business parcel, so I called Rowley and told him to come down. So I figured we'd get going by looking up the recipe for lemonade on the internet. But Mom had hidden the power cord to the computer. She's a little embarrassed to ask Dad. I was a little bit embarrassed to ask Dad. So me and Rowley decided to wing it. I knew we'd need lemons for sure. We rode our bikes down to the convenience store and bought out their whole supply. We got back home, we didn't know the exact number of lemons to put in the pitcher. We went high side just to be safe. I was pretty sure the only ingredient for lemon besides water is sugar. I don't know how much of that we're supposed to have either, so I just eyeballed it. I thought after that, I thought after that we were pretty much good to go. But then Dad came downstairs and wondered what we were doing and told us we have, we got it all wrong. Dad said that the, first of all, all the green lemons we bought were actually limes, so we had to get rid of those. Then he said that we need to make lemon lemonade. We need to squeeze cut the lemons in half, uh, in half and squeeze them into water, which would be nice to know at the beginning. Morales said he was too scared to cut the lemons because he said they would make your eyes water. I told him he was getting lemons confused with onions. He wasn't budging though, and I knew I had to do something about it or he, w- or he wouldn't help out. So I dug around the garage until I found a mask Rowley could cover his eyes with. Once Rowley calmed down, we started cutting the lemon lemons, which was a lot harder than I thought it would be. When I sliced the first lemon, I got a shot of lemon juice right in my eye. It stung like crazy. I could barely see. Riley took the snorkel out of his mouth and started with the whole I told you so stuff, but I didn't want to hear it.
After I got my vision back, we squeezed all of our lemons into the water, set up a stand on the pavement. A few people stopped by and was just criticizing what we were doing. One lady told us we need to stir the lemonade to mix the sugar and bear, but after we did that, she said she didn't want to make a purchase. Another guy who tasted our lemonade complained it was too sweet, but then actually we said the same thing, so we dumped half our pitcher in and we added more water, but I don't think people liked where we got it from. One guy had a problem with the fact that we were using the same glass for every customer. I explained it that we were rinsing it after every single use. We got tired of sitting around on the hot sun side. Our lemonade stand was would work just as a self-service, but we got... So we put out a jar where people could pay what they drank. But set... But the second you you get up an honor system, somebody's got to go and ruin it for everyone. We realized we were just having to st- suck suck it up and man the lemonade stand, make, and man the lemonade stand full time. Another glass from the kitchen cabinet, so we got another kitchen glass from the cabinet. And we headed out. I started to notice the. People walking up the hill looked a lot thirstier than people walking down the hill. So if we posted a new pricing policy, we could take full advantage. A couple of people thought our tip jar was, thought our jar was for tips, so they dropped some loose change. After that, we started pushing the tips. Any money we brought in that way was a hundred percent profit. I was starting to feel good about the thing until a kid named Kedrick. Cunningham set up his own lemonade stand a few houses down. It was pretty obvious he got help from his parents because his stand was made ours look like a joke. So, see the problem when you have an original idea? Five seconds later, you've got a million copycats. I'm professional, though, and I wasn't going to let a little competition competition personally, so I offered Cedric two bucks to take his lemonade stand down, he agreed. But a minute later, he... A minute later, he set up his stand, this time directly across the street from us. I was getting pretty annoyed because we were running out of lemonade, and I didn't know Dad was going to give us any more money for ingredients. That's when I realized that if we sold water and sold lemonade, we could, make ourselves, we could save ourselves a lot of hassle. Plus, it would be pretty obvious Kedrick Corman the lemonade market, especially after he put up his new sign, Help me buy medicine for my sick kitty. But I knew if we were going to sell water, it would have to be an extra special to get people to pay for it. So when I came with an awesome sounding name, I filled Manny's baby pool up with water so it wouldn't run out for a while. Alright, so... If we are going to call it the stuff fitness water, we'd have to let people know it actually works. I'd rally do some jumping jacks and push-ups in front of our stands. The problem is Riley's not in the best shape, and it was a bad look for our company. Luckily, a guy who actually in shape came to the hill after that. I offered to pay him a few bucks if he told everyone that if he told everyone he got that way by drinking NRG fitness water. But I told him he had a better thing. But I guess he had better things to do because he told us he wasn't interested. Unfortunately, a guy walking down the hill overheard us, and he said he'd be happy to endorse our product. Not to be mean or anything, but this guy definitely didn't have the look we were after, so that made him go away. I paid him three bucks to, to tell people he didn't drink our stuff. I realized we were still 
competing for beverages, for beverage dollars with the kids across the street. And if that were going to make real money, if we were going to make real money, we need to move our operation to a whole new market. And I knew just a place, the town park. With a big cleanup going on down there, I figured it would be a ton of thirsty volunteers. So me and Riley load up a wagon with so much, with as much of our products as we could carry, and headed downhill. Halfway to the park, Riley said he was dehydrated and needed a drink. I didn't want to stop because he looked like he was gonna pass out. So I looked at him take. So I let him take a bottle, and I noted, and I made a note to dock his pay later on. We got down to the park. It seemed like a whole the whole town was there. Everybody's working really hard. It's pretty hot out. As a bonus, the water fountain was broken, which means people didn't have a real option for quenching their thirsts. So me and Riley knew we were going to make a killing selling our stuff. Unfortunately, Mom spotted us right away and asked what we were up to. Up to, yes. Man. And we're 37 minutes in. I have to finish this before school ends. Actually, no, I'll be able to do that because I have like an hour still. Alright. Unfortunately, Mom spot us. Yeah, yeah. But Mom, uh, I told her we were going to sell our fitness water to anyone who's willing to sh- shell out a few bucks. Mum said it was tacky to profit off a bunch of volunteers who were sacrificing their Saturday to clean up the park. I told her everyone was. I told her everyone who drank our water would be able to volunteer twice as hard, and that's when the clean would go a lot quicker. While Mum, while me and Mum were arguing about this, the ladies who were working on the flower bed totally raided our supplies. And before we knew we could do anything about it, they'd pour poured out our whole inventory. Of fitness war into a ground, just like some cheap junk. I did a quick calculation to figure out how much that was. At least two hundred dollars in lost profits, seeping into the ground. Wait, two hundred dollars, okay. But those ladies went right back to their planting like it was no big deal. Still, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't too late for me. Rally, rally. Still, it wasn't too late for me and Riley to turn this thing around. We gathered up empty bottles and headed to the creek for a refill. Mom stepped to Norway. She told me and Riley she wanted us to help the volunteers to clean up and hand us some gardening tools to get started. I explained that we are businessmen. Real bus- businessmen don't work for free. Before I was even done talking, Riley had his hands in the knees planting perennials? I don't know, some type of bush. I knew I had to get out there as quickly as possible or I'd get roped in too, but mom was one step ahead of me. She said when I was a little, she used to make me go to the park every day and those were her most special memories of two of us. The whole park, uh, she told me if I didn't clean the park, other moms wouldn't be able to have the same kind of precious moments with their kids. Sniffle. See, mom 
knows exactly how to get me. See, mom knows exactly how to get me. And there's and that's the reason I found myself raking leaves for free instead of making a truckload of money. The rake mom had me gave me was a piece of junk though. When I asked for a new one, she said everybody was doing their best with what they had. It took me half an hour to scrape together a mess um 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 uh measly a measly pile of leaves and there were a bunch of little kids came tearing through it and undid all my hard work. Don't that's not even a rake. What? That's not a rake. The picture is a rake, but it has like three prongs. So like you actually get like two leaves per swing. Okay. Don't ask me why people brought their little kids to the park cleanup because they were no help at all. In fact, they were constantly getting into trouble. At one point, a bunch of them were playing in a pile of fertilizer and someone had to chase them out of there. The whole park clean effort was disorganized. Nobody was really in charge and it was complete chaos. Things grew even crazier when a bus pulled into the parking lot with a bunch of teenagers and teenagers in orange jumpsuits. Orange jumpsuits filled filed filled failed out. I know that's not how you say it. Apparently these guys were bused to serve in their punishment for committing crimes like shop shoplifting and vandalism. And if I had to guess, I'd say a few of them were di- directly responsible for the graffiti on the playground equi- equi- uh, y- 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 equipment. The community service guys were more interested in goofing off than pitching in. And some of them were doing what was downright dangerous. But some of them... But right when it seemed like it couldn't get any worse, a bunch of vans rolled into the parking lot and entire Gr- Girl Scout troops poured out of the vehicles. That's not possible anymore. There is no such thing as Girl Scouts. There's just Girl Boy Scouts. And, uh, yeah. Within ten minutes, they had us or- they had organized everyone at the park, cleaned separate teams, and the Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts in charge of each one. My team was responsible, responsible for raking leaves in the playground area, and the girl in charge of my group was Brownie. It's a little embarrassing, but to be honest with you, I was happy the Girl Scouts came in and whipped everybody into shape. Every time I see the Girl Scouts get involved with the project, I must be impressed. A few months ago, the town went to build a community garden, but no one would get their act together, and the project fizzled out. But then the Girl Scouts swooped in and built the whole thing on a Sunday afternoon. Community garden. I'll tell you, if you, I'll tell you this. If you put a group of boy, of boys my age in charge of something like that, there would be nothing... Nothing good would come out of it, especially if there were power tools involved. Even though they were all in town park work, even though they were at the town park to work, the Girl Scouts weren't going to allow us to have an opportunity to do some fundraising pass them by. They set up a stand to sell cookies for their first customers. was Mom. I guess she changed her mind about people selling stuff to volunteers. I was glad the Girl Scouts were running the show because we were working... But they were working. They but they were working as hard. After an hour of raking, I was worn out, and I wanted to go back home. But it was clear they weren't. Oh my god, my, my voice! Anyone go until the last leaf was bagged. Another person in my group seemed a little worn out. Uh, a worn out. 
Another person in my group seemed a little worn out. It was my homework buddy, Fru. Other people figured out how much smarter Fru is, and a bunch of grown-ups started bugging him for stuff they usually get from their phones. Fru, how are the stock markets trending? Fru, what's the weather forecast for this weekend? Fru, have any cats done anything amusing today? I noticed that every half an hour the Girl Scouts rotated group to group, so a change in guard. During the change of guard, I saw my opportunity and I took it. I knew exactly where I was headed to the creek, because when I was in my swim team in the first grade, Dad used to drop me off the town pool every day, but the minute he drove away, I'd run into the creek and catch minnows until it was practically over. I'd always be make, I would always make sure I got back in the pool before Dad came to pick me up, and I'd jump in at the last second so it looked like I'd been swimming the whole time. But once Dad came early to watch me practice, and I guess I got carried away catching minnows. So I ended up getting up to the pool after Dad, and I got busted. Today, after I figured out, I'd take a quick breath. Today, I figured I'd just take a quick breather down the creek, and that's when, th- that's when the creek, and then get back to work. But 30 seconds after I got there, I heard somebody crashing through the bushes. It turns out Fru had seen me take off from the playground, and he followed me. Fru said he couldn't handle all the pestering from the grown-ups a a second longer. And when he saw me leave, he thought I had the right idea. While we were there, we heard some big, something big coming away. I thought it might be a bear, but I was actually pretty shocked when I saw it was one of the community service guys. In fact, I knew this guy. His name was Billy Rotner. He used to hang out when the basement was when Roderick's band practiced. A month or so ago, I heard Roderick telling one of his friends that Billy got caught stealing a pack of sour gummy worms from a convenience store. I really wasn't happy these guys followed me to be to my hiding spot. I told Billy he should go back to the park before he gets so in trouble. But Billy said he was making a run for it and never got back to the and never going back to community service. Then Billy started blubbering about how when he was little, mom bought him a pack of sour gummy worms for him and his brother to share, but his brother wouldn't give him a single one and ate the whole pack. Billy said the only reason he stole from the convenience store was to, so he could finally taste a pack of sour gummy worms all to himself. Oh my. Wait, one, one, two, seven, that means. Okay. We're on page 100. Okay. Oh no, we only got 60 minutes left. Okay. Fellas, we got 13 minutes. So I started heading back to the playground, but all of a sudden the brownie appeared out of nowhere until he caught me off guard. My instincts kicked in after I ran through. Billy saw me take off and they were right on my heels. But the brownies were carrying a whistle with the next thing I knew the whole Girl Scout troop was in hot pursuit. I started to run faster when I realized me and Fru might get in some serious trouble from harboring a fugitive. I didn't really know if the Girl Scouts actually had the authority to arrest anyone, but I was going to stick around to find out. For all I knew, someone something they needed to do was earn one of their badges. Once 
Once the chase, once the chase was on, Billy took the lead, and me and Fru just followed him. It's pretty obvious he had experience with this kind of thing because he'd seem to know what he was doing. After a while, we put some distance between ourselves and the Girl Scouts, and we could barely hear the whistles, so I stopped to catch my breath for a minute. Billy said he were going to need energy to stay ahead of the Girl Scouts. They took out a few rolls of thin mint cookies that were tucked away in his jumpsuit and split them between us. And I'm going to assume he paid for those, because if he hadn't, I didn't want to know. After we fueled up on cookies, Billy said he should ditch our clothes, because if they used dogs to track us, they could throw them off our trail. And then it dawned on me, this guy couldn't get away with stealing a packet packet of sour gummy worms. He's probably the last person I should trust with this kind of advice from. I realized I'd made a huge mistake and started looking for a way out of this situation, but the guy could split. So I told the guys we should split up, and if we did, it would be hard to catch. But first said we should stick together. He said I could travel around the world and travel around the country and have crazy adventures and maybe even join a circus somewhere along the way. Billy seemed to like the idea too, but started two of them started arguing over who should get the money for the movie rights to our story if we ever became famous. I decided to use the opportunity to try to slip away, but then when I turned to leave, a group of vans appeared out of nowhere. Mom was in the lead van and the Girl Scouts were in the vehicles right behind her. Then a second van where I thought Fru might be able to make a last-ditch attempt, but after all the big talk on the life on the run, he finally fell to pieces. I thought Mom would be really mad, but she seemed relieved. She wanted to know why I was thinking of running away like that. I figured Billy was, I figured Billy was going down no matter what, so I said there was no use in all three of us getting in trouble, so I pinned the whole thing on him. I guess it felt a little bad to be fair, but to be fair, stealing the thin mints was his idea. And I didn't know how much community service is going to take on Billy's sentence. The time he's done, I plan to attend a university halfway across the country. The craziest thing of all of us was Mom found us in the first place. When she got the GPS chip for the pig, she got one for me too. I've been walking around with one of those things attached to my shoelace for the past two months without even knowing it. And when I disappeared from the park, Mom used her phone to figure out where I was. Now... Now's not the time to complain about mom being overprotective, though, because if I hadn't, if she hadn't come to the rescue, I might have ended up traveling the circus with Fru and Billy. But still, so much for getting going electronics free. October, Friday. If Dad was on my case before, he's a hundred times worse now. After the town parking incident last weekend, it's pretty obvious he thinks I cannot be trusted. Whenever he's home like this, I had my eyes on Grandpa in the same room so he can keep an eye on both of us. I wish I never knew about the webcam, though, because when I I started getting really paranoid, there could be a multiple cameras in the house. I'm pretty sure there's one in Manny's stuffed duck because it seemed, its eyes seemed to follow me. There's not a camera. If there's not a camera in there, I must have been paranoid. Why is my voice going? It's really annoying. There's only an hour of runtime allowed on the podcast, on the Pop-Tart podcast. So... I've read 111 pages. Sorry, wait, no, no, wait. Luckily, Mom and Dad went to the airport to go on her business trip this morning, and I can't, they can't monitor me the whole time he's away. Still, I've been extra careful to not screw up in this case, just in case he's got one of those webcams recording on his hard drive somewhere. 
This morning, when I was brushing my teeth, I made sure to put toothpaste cap back on the way Dad tells me. But my fingers are slippery, and I dropped the cap in the sink. Okay, 52 minutes are on page 111. I've got nine minutes left. So, yeah. I'm trying to get to at least 120. It bounced around a few times and it went right down the drain. Whoops. I knew a sec- the second dad got home for a trip, he's going to be upstairs in the bathroom making sure the cap was on the toothpaste, so I had to get it back. The first thing I did was try to fish the cap out of the drain with a cotton bud, but all I could manage to pull out was a bunch of hair and other gunk. And now I know what people sings. I guarantee you I'll never be a plumber. I think I'd probably push the toothpaste cap down even further with a drain with a cotton bud. So I opened the cabinet under the sink to make sure I could figure out where the cap ended up. I knew Dad had a bunch of do-it-yourself books on plumbing in the basement. I figured there'd be some step-by-step instructions and show- that showed how to fix this one, this, how to fix this sort of thing. I could make heads or tails of the diagrams in the book. I took my best shot at it. There was a plastic tube under the sink, and I figured the toothpaste must the toothpaste cat toothpaste cap must have been inside. So I loosened the knot and then that held the tube to the mouth pipe, and the tube came out pretty easily. I guess I was supposed to turn off the valve or something, because the next thing I knew was that new water was spraying out all over the place. It took me a minute to figure out how to shut the valve, and by the time I, I did, there was a huge puddle on the floor. I soaked up as much water I soaked up as much water as I could with the towels and in the bathroom. Then I ran downstairs to make out to to get some more out of the laundry room. I just got a notification. Um, Okay, that's pretty cool then. Um, six minutes. But when I got down to the kitchen, I realized I had a bigger problem. I told Grandpa there was water coming down where the water was coming down from, but he didn't seem too concerned. The only real damage was the water stain all over the kitchen ceiling. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty glad Grandpa thought it was no big deal. But I'm sure Dad would see the situation differently. I begged Grandpa to help me out with this mess, and he told me, and he told me he would. Grandpa said there's a special kind of paint that covers up water stains, and he'd take me to the hardware store to get it. That sounded great. He grabbed Dad's car keys when he got out of the car, but when he went back to the driver, Grandpa clipped a trash a trash can. He wasn't too concerned about it, but when he hit a neighbor's mailbox, he started to get worried. I realized I couldn't remember the last time I was in a car with Grandpa, and at the wheel, all of a sudden, it hit me. Last year, Grandpa failed his driver's license, so he took away his license. He hasn't been allowed to drive ever since. So I was really nervous. So when I, I was really nervous. So when I told Grandpa maybe we should head back home. But now it was open road and there was no turning back. By the time we got out of our neighborhood, he seemed to get a hang of it. But I was still pretty worried that he might go for a ramp off the highway. Luckily, there weren't too many things at that time of day. The hardware store was only a few miles away. The other thing was all the signs along the side... All the side of the road, all the signs on the side of the road were facing the wrong way, which was really confusing. But I saw two cars coming, uh, coming towards us. I realized something, 
Somehow, Grandpa had taken the exit ramps to the entrance ramp. We head the wrong direction. Screech honk. Grandpa slammed the brakes as the car did a 180 before coming to stop in the breakdown lane. It's a miracle we didn't get hit, and our near-death experience shook us, shook both of us up. Suddenly, a water stain on the kitchen ceiling didn't seem that much of a big deal anymore, and Grandpa agreed we should just go back home and call it a day. At least now we were heading in the right direction, but when Grandpa put the car in drive, it rolled a few feet and conked out. At the first... At first, I thought something must have happened to the car when they slammed on the brakes, but I looked at the dashboard and realized we were out of petrol. Roderick used the car last night when he went to work. Of course, he didn't refuel it. Grandpa saw a sign up ahead there as a service station a mile up the road. He told me he was going to walk there and bring back a can of petrol so he could go back home. How much time we got, Jose? Seven, uh, three minutes. So I'm gonna read to one, one, two, like three maybe. Uh, I wanted to go with him, but he said I should stay in the car just so I don't get towed by the highway department. I didn't feel great about the whole idea, but I figured out it was the only chance I had. Grandpa headed off on foot, and I waited for him. Well, it must have been an hour. I started to get a little worried, and then I looked up at the rear view mirror and I saw something in the distance. A group of people were walking towards the car along the side of the road. At first, he was excited because I was ex- excited because I thought they might be able to help. But when I saw their orange jumpsuits, I froze. It was community service gang, and they were coming my way. And when they got closer, that one of them was the guys was Billy. I thought about making a run for it, but I didn't want to take any chances on out in the open. All right, so this is I'm gonna have to end this. In about two minutes. Two minutes, ten seconds. So, the Pop-Tart Podcast is going to do great things again. Uh, some point, I should get my boy B-Boy 3000 on this. Or just anybody. But yeah, that is from page four to page 122. Uh... Darren Bikud Old School, international bestseller by Jeff Kenny, 10th in the series. I read more than half, but I'm close to the halfway mark. So, I've read this book four times now. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be four if I finish it tonight. So, it'll be pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know what else to say. So, yeah, um, pop to our podcast, probably be on, like, in a week. See you.